0: Hello and welcome to Chats, a television podcast, season 8B. Ruth chat my name is Alan and I'm joined as always by Magellan hey you know man I uh I was just like looking out at my window because I got these new blinds and Uh I was thinking how nice it is just like the vibe where I'm in right now where it's like it's very hot out I got the fan cranking in the back no one should be able to hear that though and it's just like a nice summer day and we're talking about a tv show what's better than this guys being dudes you know Sometimes you just have to stop and appreciate what
1: you have. That's all I'm saying. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's nice. How, it how, was, uh, how's nice, your How's nice your environment, Pat? Um, how's my environment?
0: Yeah. How's what's your What's your recording environment like right now? Give me the vibe. Paint me a, a um, vibe picture.
1: I don't know. I'm in my middle office room, uh, where my desk is and my mic is, and there's a lamp on. Is it like the Pixar it's... lamp? Hmm sort of a floor tall lamp so not really so it's I like i found a youtube video the other day that's like the pixar intro but from the perspective of the letter i i saw it i saw that it was it was pretty messed up yeah yeah <laughs> what what's... i uh, i made a whole new youtube playlist called no no i hate it and uh <laughs> that's one of the videos in there. no thank you Do what else is in there uh um, yoshi slow that... down is that on YouTube? Because that belongs in there.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's where I pulled it up. I showed up with John yesterday, folks. Um, Yoshi from the Mario games. If you just slowed that voice down, you realize that it's just a Japanese man doing like, oh, ah, hi, hi,
1: hi, hi, It's ghoulish. I love it. Uh, yeah, that should go in there. Um, the... The cover of Alexander Hamilton about Dr. Fauci Ooh. that that one guy from Pentatonix did is in that playlist.
0: Ah, just take my hit so. points away. You should. Yeah, then you should put "Hey Baby Girl" in there. In there, just videos that suck. Basically, sounds like the theme. Yeah. Okay. All right. I like that. I respect it a lot. Yeah. Um, no, no, I hate it. <laughs> uh, Thanks. I hate it is also an under alternative name. Mm-hmm. But uh, regardless, I'm glad you're here because we have um, more roots to talk about specifically <laughs> we're talking about um the 2016 reboot of roots uh reboot remake whatever you want to call it um it is a four episode miniseries that aired on the history channel from may 30th to june 2nd 2016 one a night um yeah. it's got all sorts of director and writer credits many of whom are our famous folks i think episode two is directed by mario van peebles like i mentioned last week um a lot of talent behind it primarily a uh british and african cast actually um but uh Really cool. Basically, their attempt at like bringing roots to a modern audience, to a younger audience, but also to the like prestige television era uh, of people and taught the but the, what they call like the Black Lives Matter era. There's a lot of like uh, advertising copy out there about like its roots for the Black Lives Matter era, and it's like, mm-hmm. okay, you got it's it's uh, you know right before the election of 2016. It was a big turning point in America's history. And somebody thought it was a good idea to remake Roots. Um, yeah. So I'm curious, John. since we are going to be talking about the whole series, we don't really need to do summaries or any sort of credits. Uh, just overall, what did you think about the Roots remake?
1: I thought that it was incredible. I was floored. Uh, multiple points throughout. I It made me realize... I mean, I think we, in talking about the original Roots, were acknowledging the things about it that were kind of like, hmm, this feels weird. Uh, But those things were like proven. And on top of that, things that I didn't question or or wasn't aware of, I think were made clear to me by the way that this was presented. So overall, I think uh, if you're going to watch the seventies roots. I think you need to watch this as well. And honestly, if you were going to watch one or the other, I would say this one, uh, Mm -hmm. but also, I don't know since most of my like enjoyment of it came from seeing how they recontextualized or repackaged or, or just replaced things from the original, um, I don't have a perspective on what it's like to just watch this and and not the original. So um, I can't really speak to the question of like, which one do you watch if you can only watch one? But I do think that this was like a a much needed, um, a much needed update of, of roots 1977. Yeah. That's a good
0: point. Yeah. I, uh, I struggled because initially I wanted to say that this, should be the definitive version of Roots that's taught in schools. Like, if you're going to show it in schools, then this is the one. But um, I think it has its own sort of, like, minor issues that that put it behind 77 Roots, actually. Like, mainly Hmm. the sort of, like, added action and drama that gets in the way of just, like, telling the history to you. So as an educational tool, I think 77 Roots is a little bit more clear and like delineates this is a thing that you should like retain and learn about about from history but overall as as a narrative and as a production yeah this one is miles beyond uh the original roots
1: um yeah i think something that this made me realize like you're saying about the original roots is that to a certain extent the original roots is kind of detached from its characters um and definitely has Constantly has the perspective of like we are in the present looking back at the past. Um, and it has moments where it like intellectualizes the history, um, in ways that made it easier for us to talk about the history. I think because you would have scenes where characters would sit around and be like, Hey, so revolutionary war is happening, huh? or like, Hey, so you guys want to invent sharecropping, and like that stuff is just not here. Um, Right, so this one's actually about the characters, and much more so. Yeah, rooted in in character, and rooted, mm-hmm. I think, in the per- their perspective, as opposed to kind of constantly being from. Uh, it's interesting to think. Like, I don't think we think too often about perspective in visual media the way that we might in a print medium, where you could say, like, "Oh, this is a third person perspective," or "This first person perspective," or whatever but i do think that the original roots takes a third person almost omniscient perspective on the world of of roots and this much more so takes a first person perspective from the eyes of uh the the individual ancestors of of alex haley for better like you're saying for better and for worse in in some cases
0: exactly uh like I I mean, what's it called? Lawrence Fishburne's, like, voiceover for Alex Haley is only in three... He's in, like, all the episodes very briefly. And then he shows up at the end in the worst scene of the whole thing. But we'll talk about that. Uh, like, they don't frame it so much as, like, this is a story about my family until the very end. It's more like, this is a story that's being told linearly to you that's used mm-hmm. as a sort of moral tale about family and all the stuff that roots is about family legacy uh hope perseverance slavery you know all of these things and um i think right away like because overall my take is also that um the series kind of this one in particular slowly declines um in its back half i think Episodes one and two are incredibly strong. And this might be because I kind of had to binge the show a little bit. By the time I got to like three and four, I felt like they were just kind of getting shaky on like what exactly was the focus. There's still some incredible mm-hmm. moments throughout. But by episode four, when we're spending upwards of like 20 minutes with T.I.'s character of Cyrus, I'm just like, what? why is this still going on? Like, why am I still watch- oh, what? What is this anymore? I think
1: to the show's credit, um a big reason i agree that the first two episodes are much stronger than the second than three and four um but i think that's just true of original roots as well like the story of kunta kinte and the story of kizzy is much stronger than the story of chicken george and Mm -hmm. uh and tom too but i think we really liked tom and i think maybe a reason that partly uh this version of roots kind of suffers in the back end is that it ends right with the end of the civil war whereas the original roots gave us time immediately after the civil war and we actually got more time with with tom harvey and his family yeah um so i think they're like there's a lot of stuff more so from the back half that they just cut because it didn't fit with the story that they were telling. Mm-hmm. Um, And so they had to invent more things, which uh, I agree made it ultimately feel a little messier. Um, But there was some stuff in there that was pretty cool. Yeah, um, I think we can we can
0: start by sort of talking about the biggest differences um, between both this and like what I know about the book. Um, Right out the gate, we spend about 45 minutes of the first episode with Kuntakinte in the Gambia. In Africa, with different African characters, speaking their language, at, living in their culture, showing the beauty of their culture, uh, before any any uh, European slavery is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's multifaceted. It's, uh, you know, an actually accurate, uh, as I understand, an accurate portrayal of Jufre as a large city. Um, with mm-hmm. ties to places like Timbuktu, which gets dream dropped as he talks about wanting to be educated at the university over in Timbuktu.
1: Yeah, and that for me was a moment where I was like, oh my god, how did I not know that there was a university in timbuktu why is this something that's a surprise to me that there's like a call like a university right this right sucks <laughs> yeah
0: um yeah he, and he wanted to be educated and his parents are interesting characters his father
1: mm-hmm. uh has helped has helped with slavers i believe as i understood it uh yeah it's something he he certainly has a rivalry with these other guys who are Capturing people and selling them into slavery, and it seems like maybe his father is doing the same for people from those other guys' tribes, but um, or to you know their societies, but I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, like literally moments that are just single shots in '77 roots become entire plot lines in in this version. Like it's fascinating, especially in these first two. I was like, they are dragging out what was like 20 minutes of the seven episode series. And then by, like I said, by, like, three and four, I think part of what I disliked was that they were, like, zooming past stuff that had more time uh, to breathe because this one's only four episodes. Um, but, like, for example, uh, the the sort of framing of how uh, Kunta gets taken into slavery being that it's other African men uh, who capture him. And we did see that, like I said, as a brief shot in the original, but that they have specifically a sort of uh, vendetta against Omoro is, like... Yeah, there's a whole plot line. There's a whole storyline with all yeah. these characters and like me and their their life goals and all the stuff
1: that they want that has nothing to do with this, the with America. Yeah. Um, And I think it just is a much more honest portrayal because in the original roots, the way that it's treated when when Kunta's is captured and when he sees like white men for the first time, he acts like, oh, my gosh. With white men i've never heard of such a thing and the guys and like, like they, they smell
0: like d- d- wet chickens or whatever yeah and they
1: have their ex- their exploding sticks or whatever and in roots 2016 it's like no it wasn't like that we, you know this is the 1700s at this point the slave trade is as much a part of african society as it is a part of society in the americas like these systems are entrenched by this point so like Kunta Kinte has seen guns before because these African uh, slavers
0: also have guns.
1: They have guns from the Europeans, right? Yeah. So that was like, okay, this is this is much better. And and it's because you can sort of have a few different harmful reductionist understandings of a people, and I think sometimes we think you know, take like Native Native American societies, for example. Yeah. We think that like, oh, yeah, they were so in tune with nature and such a pure, virtuous people and blah, 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 blah. And it's like there's probably good stuff going for them and uh, their societies, but we don't need to make them out to be these like non-human caricatures of goodness in order to understand that what happened to them was vile and wrong uh, like we shouldn't erase the fact that they're human as much as any other group of humans and human beings do shitty things to each other Across and they're motivated. They're motivated by greed and revenge and lust and just as much as they're motivated by their virtues, um, by family, by the good things. So I really appreciated that this was a much more complex, uh, depiction of, of, the society of the, of the African society that Kinte comes from. And I, I watched some interviews
0: with the cast of this one, um, which I actually thought was, it was funny that so much of the cast in this is, uh, alumni of black mirror. Actually, like I was saying, there's a lot of British mm-hmm. actors, Malachi Kirby, who plays Kunta Kinte is the mm-hmm. main character in one of my least favorite black mirror episodes. Uh, I think it's like, soldier under fire something under fire um mm-hmm. but he's from that i was like oh this guy's really good and he's in like a bad show i would love to see him in something good and um you know he was saying like they were in, in in the interview they were being asked like oh why do you guys feel that they like chose to focus more on Jufre as a city besides the fact that that's true to history like we know that and we can just establish that but why did they put so much time into it and what he and like one of the other the actresses were saying was uh you know, you can't tell Amer- this is still a story about American history, but you cannot and should not tell a story about American history that doesn't involve Africa, because they are inexorably linked. And to say that, like we took people from a foreign continent and uh, just plopped them here, and everything before doesn't matter is dishonest mm-hmm. and inaccurate, like fundamentally. Yeah. So by showing this, it's like, no, even though we're, like, you know, talking about manhood ceremonies and we're doing the, like, uh, the circumcision thing again, that's still, in a way, early, like, proto-American history because those are people that came here uh, and were brought mm. here, obviously. Right. Um, right. So it's important if you use this even as, like, a story about America that it's like, yeah, but American
1: history starts somewhere else before it comes here. Um, yeah, true. And just on the brief, because I don't think we'll bring it up again, but the brief note of um, the manhood ceremony and the circumcision thing, even something like that, I think, was presented so in such a better way because in the original... The way it's brought up is someone is talking to LaVar Burton. It's like, hey, you hear what happens to your photo and you go through the thing. Mm-hmm. They're going to cut it up. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what? And the music is like, uh-oh, <laughs> You're just, that's going to happen to you. Yeah. But then in this, it's never played as a joke. And in fact, it's infused with the core theme of this version of Roots where they say like, hey, what's the first duty of a Mandinka warrior? And you know, the the boys try to guess and they're like, uh, to fight or to protect your king or whatever. And they're like, no, to raise a family. That's why your penis has to be clean and ready to to have kids with. Right. So let's do it. Um. So I thought that, that even something like that was just so much better presented than the original. It's a lot more mature, yeah. Um, yeah.
0: I, I will push back a teensy bit just that the, the ceremony I, I rewatched parts of it just to compare. It's not as silly as like, oh god, you know, but
1: it is still like No, the ceremony itself, but it's set up prior to yes. that point. Yes. As like you know what happens, don't you? And he's like,
0: Oh boy. Yeah. That yeah. The the the, skip, the nervousness there. Um so that stuff's all handled super duper well. And I like that, you know, Omaro and Binta get to be characters beyond just being like, um, mm-hmm. we have a son and he's now the one character that matters in this story. It's like, no, they matter. Uh, they have different like points of view that he than he does. Um, they're like they get they get camera time plenty and they're like doing mm-hmm. uh, you know, the trade and all that stuff. It's really fleshed out, and I like that stuff a lot. Um yeah. you know, as we eventually move into uh the rest of this one basically turns it just into a remake of episode one of Original Roots, like Almost mm-hmm. kind of shot for shot. Um, we start getting fewer big differences, but more just like tonal differences. Um, mainly like the Mandinka wrestler was replaced by Kunta's uncle, mainly so that they have like more of a famu- family connection because the show is about yeah. family, which I yeah. think is a smart touch. Um, and then no Captain Davies. They figured it out.
1: They right. were like, we they, don't. They There were no white characters who ever had scenes that were like about them.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Um even when like later on Tom Lee is like f- fleshed out more and becomes the sort of villain of the back half of the series, he's never like relatable or likable well, at all. And
1: it's also never you never get a scene where it's like just him in the scene, you know, yes. or where it's just white people. Because that happened a lot in original roots, which is part of what I'm saying about the like omniscient narrator thing is you get tons of scenes where it's just white people in the scenes um but that doesn't happen at all mm-hmm. in Roots 2016 um and i think like focusing more
0: on the 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 main characters the main family works too because once uh you know he's brought to america one of the other like just shots i like we don't we're not going to like go down the whole plot of all these episodes but just uh like when he meets Fiddler, which by the way, fucking <laughs> shout outs to Forrest Whitaker for bringing uh-huh. his absolute A game. As usual, one of the best living actors, I think. But uh as Fiddler just incredible pathos and emotional tension and drama uh with Kunta Quinte. But they're like first scene in the in the barn where he's like, uh-huh. You have to say your name right, please say like you have to say your name is Toby for my sake is filmed from first person from Kunta's perspective. Which is uh-huh. like you are not watching these take like, two people interact. You're watching like this guy telling the audience, like this is for survival. Like we are doing this for yeah. me and you at the same time, you know, mm-hmm. uh, which right. I just thought was a really, really smart directorial touch to be like, yeah, this isn't, you're not watching the story. You're taking part in the story a little bit. Yeah. Um, You had some notes about uh sort of this, this version of fiddler. I think like in these first two episodes, um, They did some big changes with his character, mainly the way he looks and uh, how he dies.
1: Yeah, so overall, I think that this version of Fiddler is a lot better. Um, Partly, like you're saying, just from a wardrobing perspective, Fiddler is dressed in the fanciest clothes out of anybody. Yeah. um, Even the white people. and there that right away tells you so so much about his character um and what his his view of the world and his view of like how to be free in his heart basically and i think you encounter a lot of different african-american characters in the show who have different understandings of what that means like when you meet mingo um in episode three. Yeah. Who's the guy who trains George how to fight chickens. Mm-hmm. And for Mingo, like, it's not about that the sort of like refinery or whatever the way that it is for Fiddler. It's about like, I am just going to train these chickens and like make a bond with these chickens and get them to fight. And like, I'm going to get some personal satisfaction and meaning from that. And it's not really about, it's all this intrinsic thing of like i'm good at this and i'm gonna do this um and for fiddler you know his version of it is like well slavery is like impossible to do anything about it's just the reality of the world so i'm gonna try to be as comfortable as possible within the bounds of slavery as i can be uh, by using my skill as a fiddler to do so and um That's a that's an idea that was present in the original roots. But I do think that um, I do think that Forrest Whitaker plays. I think it's written differently, but I also think that Forrest Whitaker plays Fiddler with a lot more like I I don't know what the word is, but just sort of like he. uh,
0: It's almost like austerity. Or, like, uh, sort of reverence yeah. for the world. Like, underst- he, every, all of the, the African-American characters in this are much more, I think, intelligent and more, like, understanding of the system than they felt in the original. Um, including Fiddler, who, in you know, no, no uh, negativity towards Louis Gossett Jr. Obviously, he's fantastic in that role. But Fiddler in this, like, gets it more. He's not saying, like... I don't talk about Africa anymore. I don't know what any of that stuff is. He's like, my name was Henry. I had a mother and I had a life before I, I knew that I was a slave. Like I, I, you know, ha- yeah. I'm not like forgetting that. Uh, yeah. I understand that. And I want to help Kunta Kinte out, but like, I'm just trapped in the system and it's, a, yeah, it's a much, it ultimately ends up being a much more tragic arc for him. Um, yeah. you know?
1: Yeah. I think, I think what it is, it's, it's really hard to articulate, but, I, I, it's what you're saying that all of the characters in Roots 2016, all of the black characters, much more clearly are sort of saying, like, I get it. I get the entire way that this all works. Here is the decision that I am choosing to make. Whereas in the original Roots, it felt like a lot of characters were sort of portrayed as like they were making certain decisions out of ignorance almost. Or like a limited understanding. And so in the original Roots, it's kind of presented as like Kunta Kinte is enlightening Fiddler or something. Like, oh, you don't understand what it means to be free. Here, let me teach you my African ways. And now you'll get it. But in this version, much more so Fiddler's like, I understand that i like what i'm doing i understand the choice i'm making and then really instead what's happening here is that kunta kinte is just like in conversation with him and trying to change his mind more so than like showing him something he didn't he didn't know before Mm -hmm. i guess um yeah and then also in the original fiddler is is played as a comedic character and it's a lot longer in this one before Fiddler makes a joke. Cause for a while, he's really just like a serious character. And I think that that changes it a lot.
0: Yeah. The fact that this one doesn't have as much uh, like stunt casting means that they don't really have to have these showcase moments for like, look, it's the actor, you know? Um, Cause even mm-hmm. Forrest Whitaker is like, yeah, you know me. And like, I'm in all the ads and I'm playing this like iconic character, but you know, Forrest Whitaker his thing is like his ability to act serious and act uh, like mature Mm. and distinguished. Um, So he's just doing the thing that he always does, which is extremely good. Um, And I think that comes to a great head in, you know, the most iconic scene of the original series, the, the Toby whipping scene, um, Mm. which is handled a lot. um, I think a bit more uh, delicately in this, Um, although it does bring to mind one of my critiques of this one, but I don't know, I, we, I'm, I'm willing to discuss it, which is that Roots 2016 is actually a whole lot more violent than original loots. Like, we see a lot of blood, we see a uh, lot of gunshots happening, we see decapitations, arms being removed throughout this yeah. series. And I wonder how much that violence is like, you know, just realism for the sake of realism, which is important, um, or is it like, you know, we have history, the, we're a history channel and we have a big budget, let's do the violence.
1: I think it's much more the former than the latter. I I think that um, they're sort of, they're saying basically like, I mean, it, it's, it's definitely part of the conversation that they're having with the original roots, where they're sort of saying like, okay, original roots named certain things uh, that were cruel, uh, named certain acts of violence, sort of showed them to you. But did so in like kind of a safe way, like you the way that the scene is shot, where, um, where Lavar Burton is playing Kunta Kinte and he's being whipped, and um, ultimately he says that his name is Toby. I don't think, and I'd have to watch the scene again, but I don't think you ever see his back in that scene. If you do, it's very briefly, but yeah, yeah, that's totally you a almost good, that's a good point. always see it from his looking at his face and over his shoulder that violence is happening. But in this, it's saying like, no, we're not going to show you a cleaned-up, safe-for-TV version of this moment. This is an incredibly cruel and gory thing. So we are going to show it to you. Um, I do think that there are moments where Roots 2016... Wants to do action, so like Fiddler's Death, which you mentioned, mm-hmm. feels like one of those moments. Um, where he gets like impaled or something, and it's like, why, why, why is this action movie moment? What's happening? This feels a little over dramatic, but but this scene I think is really well done, uh, because it shows you like this is what it this is what happens when someone whips another person, this is what it looks like. Right. There There are parts in this where it's like, you have to see this violence
0: because it's real and it happened and we're trying to tell an accurate story like that. Um, there are parts, though, where I do feel like we put in more war scenes just to be like, like, we're going to watch people die. And that's going to make you sad and understand that, like, this was tragic and, and horrible. Like, um, the whole battle of of uh, Pillow, Fort Pillow, I think it was, um, mm-hmm. in episode three or uh, episode three, where I was like, "I'm glad we saw this," and I know that this is an important like battle in history, but mm-hmm. I don't know what it adds to the original story by like doing this stuff, other than giving more foc putting more focus on Chicken George, who is probably my like second or third favorite performance out of out of
1: all of the cast. Um, but well, the Fort Pillow scene. Uh that's a pretty important event, like you said, uh, that I actually didn't know about until recently. I, I think I learned about it from when Tanahisi Coates went in front of Congress to talk about reparations and he named it as among many other historical events. Um, but the purpose of showing the Fort Pillow scene is to show you like the Confederate soldiers are about to take the Union soldiers as prisoners of war um but they refuse to take the black soldiers as prisoners they slaughter them first and then take the white soldiers as prisoners yes to make a point about like it's obviously barbaric and it's like yeah it was barbaric it was a horrible gory bloody thing um so i think that's another scene where like maybe they spend too much time on it or maybe they like the blood explodes a little too much or I don't know, but I think it's better that they include stuff like that than the alternative.
0: I think I mostly had the, the question like the questioning the violence in this a lot, because um, I'll never stop thinking about uh, Snoop Dogg when this was airing doing that Instagram post that we've, we've put in the show before of like, do we need to see more black suffering? Is that the value of roots, or like what part what part of this story is the is the gold is the usefulness and like obviously, for a white audience, yes, you need to see this stuff and you need to see it in gruesome detail because it's real and it happened, and that's the the truth of it um and it helps you empathize when you see that but mm-hmm. uh I just think to a certain point, like it's the addition of more war scenes that I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess those do look pretty cool and these are all real things that happened like uh episode 2 um kind of like opens really strangely uh in a scene that i really thought was just a dream where uh Kuntakite is like trying to join the british in the revolutionary war and then uh waller his owner shoots one of the soldiers and then he turns around and like chases chases him and chokes out Waller and I was like oh that's going to be like a fun dream sequence where he's like wouldn't it be amazing if I could kill my master but it's not he just does and then we diverge sharply from original roots and he's joining the Ethiopian regiment uh, in the Revolutionary War
1: yeah that wasn't Waller that he he didn't kill or the plantation owner okay that was the overseer guy
0: oh sorry yes sorry
1: yeah who like was chasing him down I think it was the guy who whipped him in the other scene. Yes,
0: I I I I thought that that was his owner but the di- overseer. Right? Um
1: but yeah, I I also was like, oh, that actually happened. And then yeah, they do add in that whole sequence where he's fighting with the British army. Um it's so weird. It's weird um but it's I think it drives home a point that sort of was like a side note in um in the original roots, because you have Kunta Kinte and Bell and Fiddler hanging out and saying, like, oh, these white people, they they want liberty. That's so funny. Ha, ha, Ha ha ha. Isn't that isn't that hypocritical? And this series does that in a way that's much more visceral, where it's like, no, see, Kunta Kinte and enslaved people don't necessarily like have any sort of loyalty to America as a place. In fact, they hate this place and would gladly fight Americans in the name of freedom. Um, So I think it does a better job of sort of saying like the cause of the revolutionary war that we're taught in school is like this great thing. Um, It's not just this sort of like light hypocrisy. It's actively opposed to the freedom of African-American people. Um, But the sequence itself it's sort of like, okay, cool, we're fighting.
0: That's what I mean. It's it's yeah. it's. I'm not, like, unhappy that they included the sequence. I just think that the way that it's framed in the episode as, like, we're now here, and it's just kind of like he opens his eyes, and now he's there. Um, but I agree, though, that it's, like, in by the time you reach episode two of, of Original Roots, I know we had those comments about, like, it starts to feel kind of folksy sitcom for a little while there, where it's like, oh, I guess we're all just hanging out, and we're all enslaved people? Like, this is weirdly too pleasant considering what's going on in the world and so Uh yeah I guess that's why like in this it's they're saying no he he goes on to fight uh, and he like has questions about the military and and learns a lot from that separately Um, it feels like a useful version of fan fiction which is like you know often fan fiction they'll take a known property and like twist an aspect of the plot to fit a different theme but this is Mm -hmm. like no we're gonna write this better and maybe more accurately to how it would have been uh, instead of just trying to do this like for fun, uh, you know, including indigenous soldiers in the camp with them being like, yeah, I'm here too guys. Like I also want freedom and I want to fight uh, with the, yeah, cool. with the British. Yeah. Um, I almost wish I saw there was a little bit more of that where that's where, this is why I'm like, Oh, four episodes makes this stuff kind of feel rushed. Cause you know, we get him fighting, we get him like getting the spear and fighting guys with guns and he's using his, his like, Spear like weapon, uh, and then we just jump forward, and then, like, the scene where he gets his foot cut off, uh, when he gets captured, and then we do the bell stuff and we're back to normal roots. It like felt like a diversion from the
1: original series, honestly. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think that's something just to sort of take with a grain of salt with this version that and. I do appreciate it about this version that they are, they're basically saying like, Hey, this is a fictional adaptation of roots. Uh, so we're going to like add some stuff and change some stuff. Um, Cause they have that line in the last episode where Alex Haley says the truth can never be known. It can only be told in a story. So go. they're like directly answering that question that we had last week of like, but this didn't happen and like does it matter and how do you do this and know what's true and how does this work as a story and so this version is basically saying like yeah we're gonna fictionalize it and take what we want and change some things um, and I think what we're saying is that sometimes comes with this feeling of like why'd you add that hmm. this is weird totally uh, but sometimes it's for the best
0: um, one other like minor change that I really appreciated was a it feels like just overall uh the enslaved folk like under they they uh have a more like uh modern di- dialogue they talk to each other the way that like people today talk um mm-hmm. they don't really go i don't know how much they go for authenticity they obviously like have accents and um don't use words that we use anymore <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh it doesn't kind of s- you know, further that it's narrative more, that more
1: subtle, I think. Yeah, exactly.
0: Original. It it is more subtle, but it doesn't keep furthering that narrative that like enslaved people like are not educated or don't know how to talk to each other. Because, you know, going mm. back to like the boat scene, the boat like uh, capture scene, the failed oh my god rebellion, yeah. incredible moment where they're they are doing the like everybody needs to dance for exercise. And they're singing, but the singing is just them speaking Mandinka to a woman being like, Hey, is the guy gone yet? When does he leave? What is the where's the key? And all this stuff, but they're framing it like they're singing and that's
1: brilliant. So much better than the original roots where you have that same scene, but you get it from Captain Davies perspective. And, <laughs> and it's he's like, like, What I do you think, think they're they singing? Have. Yeah, and he's like, I I'm pretty sure I know what they're singing. There's and he's basically saying like, they're singing, fuck you, dude, we hate you. And it's like no, they're actually sending coded messages about how to overthrow the ship, which is way way cooler. And, and it, yeah, again, accurate. it centers
0: the 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 black character perspective of like no, yeah. we know what they're saying because the, it's the show is about them. It's not like getting rid of Davies fixes so much of early Roots is like tone problems. Honestly, it's kind of yeah. impressive. Um, but like speaking to how how. Uh, I I keep not not wanting to say educated, but just how like culturally and societally aware everybody is. Um, You know, there's that scene where like Belle and uh, and Kunta like do the marriage, the broom jump. And even Mm -hmm. Kunta's like, he, he like kind of becomes like modern woke for a second where he's like, we didn't actually invent this. There's no way the white man like invented this and told us it was us. Like, this is bullshit, right? And they're like, fucking yeah. do it, you weirdo. <laughs> you yeah. Just be cool. We want to
1: get married. Like, can you please jump for the broom for I, me? I love that. And in the in a similar way, I love the scene from the third episode where uh Kizzy where George introduces Kizzy to to uh Matilda and her father and her father is as a preacher um and he <laughs> the the preacher guys basically like hey so your son George told me that you're a woman of faith and Kizzy has kept um at least some version of the muslim faith yeah. of her father um which I think they also like do a much better job of more explicitly saying like hey the society that kunta kinte is from is a muslim society and he practices that faith and they like do a better job of costuming based around that and a better job of just i don't know having him talk about that than in the original roots which kind of the only way that you knew is because he said allah instead of god yeah. basically um but she she's like yeah, I have a different faith than you. And she basically tells the preacher, I'm not going to pray to a white man's God. And like, they ripped Exodus out of your Bibles. So you're preaching this like neutered version of Christianity. Right. Um. So that whole scene, I was like, holy shit, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. And not something that was broached by the original series.
0: Yeah. And then the final like, early parts of this this remake thing that i i was impressed with the change was um giving more time and more agency a lot more agency to kizzy 100 percent, 100 once yeah. she gets the roots Once she gets carried up we jump forward um she already like knows uh different words she runs into some evangelists and like learns the word tubob which is uh i believe a word that just means europeans um and like understands her culture better we see her as a young girl i think one of the great things this remake does is it shows everybody at like a crucial young like easily influenced part of their life in addition to their like you know Mm -hmm. their time to act which is in their 30s generally um they flesh out the missy stuff which uh was really I, i like twinged a little bit at this stuff um i think it's important again to like show how much control Missy has over her and to not just be like they thought they were friends, but they weren't. It's like, mm-hmm. no, their friendship from minute one was fucking fraught because yeah. she's asked she's saying, Kizzy, like, do you have hair down there? And she asks to see it, and Kizzy's like, I don't want to show you and she's like, It's my right to
1: see it. Um mm-hmm. From the moment like from babyhood, uh Missy yeah, is and, and such that's a when they're person. that's when they're teens and there's almost Uh, reading that you could have there that missy is uh attracted to kizzy in some way um yeah there's definitely a sexual
0: fascination there yes
1: yeah she's like putting her hands all over her and like adjusting her her dress and stuff Mm -hmm. and trying to take a look at her genitals and all that and uh it's i think the missy characterization is far better because in the original roots, she's just this sort of like blank faced, uh, uh, the best word. I don't, I don't like the word vapid, but it's the best word I can come up with for that characterization. Right. Where it's just sort of like, Oh yeah, I guess, huh. And she like in the original doesn't get that. It's such a bad thing that she's teaching Kizzy to read and all this stuff. But here Missy knows what she's doing. She, knows the power that she has over kizzy she uses it all the time like sometimes she sort of sticks up for kizzy when they're kids to like the other white girl who's like more explicitly racist but she still you know sees herself as above kizzy um even from the very very first moment where Kizzy's bringing like lemonade to Kunta Kinte and then Missy assumes that it's for her. Yeah. And she just, just takes, takes it. it. Yep. And then she's like, Hey Kizzy, I spilled something on this dress. So I asked my mom if I could give it to you. <laughs> um, So it just, I think this, this, they did a better job of showing how like, even from that early in childhood, you know, you want to imagine that them running through the fields together is this sort of innocent, like, look, kids aren't racist uh they become racist as adults but it's like no kids she's racist by that point she's learned racism um she becomes maybe more purposefully racist later i don't know but uh showing the characters as kids i think is a really important part of what this series is doing to essentially say like you said before that from a very impressionable stage, everybody in this in this society learns what their place is before they are even fully aware that that's what they're learning.
0: Exactly. Yeah, if there's no like age where you suddenly develop racism. You're you're raised with it. Um, yeah. It is really cursed, by the way. Sorry to to change to pivot, but the actress who plays Missy, uh, her her primary other credit. Do you want to know what it is, Magellan? Sure. It's 2012's dog with a blog. So that's what she's known for. Before they were like, "Yeah, we should get her in here for uh,
1: play this sad racist girl." She's like an o- the older sister or something in Dog with a Block.
0: I believe so. Yeah, she's the top credit
1: on Dog with a Block, higher than she the dog, did. She did have kind of a Disney Channel mm-hmm. look to her.
0: I I <laughs> I know what you mean. Um, yeah, so that that stuff is really really hard, uh, dark, and you know we get to see uh, Kizzy with her father more, which I like. Um, You know, he teaches her how to jump on a horse like he does at the beginning of the story. Uh, We flesh out the Noah stuff, which I thought was okay, except for uh, it. And episode two kind of like concludes with this big um, uh, hurricane, which, again, was a moment of like, did we need this much drama in the scene where already we have Noah like trying to escape slavery? Like, why did we add a hurricane here just so that we could be like all the white folks are like, Oh, we're gonna go in the in the sh- in the, the cellar and hide and then the enslaved folks are like, Can we come? and they're like, No. <laughs> it's like, Well what was the benefit yeah. of that? I already know that they're terrible. Like it didn't feel like that added much, but uh Again, you had noted that um, you know, they again end episode two with like uh Kizzy's rape scene, which felt a lot against it's they show more, um, but mm-hmm. also uh, she is saying throughout all of this that she's, she's asking to be killed. She's like, please for kill me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to live through this. He's like, I'm not going to kill you. This is my right. All that stuff. It's, you know, important that she chooses
1: to live through this. They, there are some, some changes that they make to this and the scenes that follow that, in my opinion, drastically elevate the portrayal of this above original roots. um, I think first off, seeing how Kizzy, uh, she like sets him on fire at first and thinking about like, first of all, Kizzy is a character, like we were saying, when she's younger, it's not just that she knows a couple words in Mandinka. She can like fluently speak the language. Uh, It's not just that her father, you know, taught her to be strong we actually get a training montage where he teaches her to be a warrior. Pretty awesome. He teaches her how to write, how to jump on a horse in a dress, how to use any nearby weapon as a weapon or any nearby object as a weapon. And so this is a moment (laughs) where we see her. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, he also crucially is like, give me the timeline.
0: Give me the, give me the family tree. Give me the family tree. You need to memorize it. (laughs) Who's my dad. Who's my mom. And she's like, I know everyone's name.
1: Yeah. And so the moment where Tom Lee comes in, um, to rape her and after he's first purchased her, um she uses her warrior training to attack and injure him and set him on fire, so that's one thing that's important um and then another thing that's important is that as this event is happening, we cut to outside the cabin and we see that Tom Lee's wife is standing out there hearing it all happen. Uh, right. Which to me, which to me adds, adds a dimension to her character where instead of it being like, wait, what you were doing, what it's a much more accurate. Like I knew, you know, she knows and given her station in society, she's choosing to be complacent in it. Partly, but also partly she knows that like what is she supposed to do about it really um so there's that going on there and then i think what really really like totally broke me down was we cut immediately because in the original we go from that scene where tom is raping kizzy and then it's like eight years later or whatever. <laughs> like we cut to, far to the future. Um, maybe it's like 16 years later or something. Like we take a huge time jump, but this series is like, no, 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 hold on. There's a lot of story that needs to be told along the way. Um, and they cut immediately from that moment to the moment where Kissy's giving birth, um, which to me was like really affecting. And we see her, uh, you know, there's blood on her legs from giving birth. She doesn't even want to hold her child because she just doesn't know what she's feeling or how to feel. She's so angry and shamed. And ultimately, a decision that she almost makes is she goes to the river and she ties rocks to her waist and she begins to walk into the water mm-hmm to drown herself and George together. And then she, you know, draws upon her father and what her father has told her to give her the strength to choose in the face of everything that has happened to her, choose to survive for the sake of her family. Um, And what an incredibly important and powerful moment that is for Kizzy. That is, that is, robbed from her in the original roots the moment where she chooses to survive like that's the most important thing that every single one of the characters in roots does is say in the face of all of this cruelty
0: i'm gonna keep going
1: of my family right for the sake of my family i am going to choose to survive uh so that scene to me was like probably the best scene in the whole Roots 2016.
0: Yeah, I think. I th- well, yeah, because I think, um, yeah, just the choice to give Kizzy all of this agency and all of this this like emotional trauma that is understandable and believable and important and ties into everything else uh, is such. It's like the biggest improvement because obviously, like the stuff in episode one is the stuff you put on a poster where it's like we figured out how to tell the story of Kunta Kinte, and it's like yeah, but we, the viewer, and most people who actually watched the original know that that's not all of Roots. There's, like, entire other family, like, generations that uh, in some cases, like in the case of Kizzy, are, were mostly just conversations where Leslie Ugham sits in bed with another man and talks about, like, freedom. Yeah. And, no, right. you know, it's actually really important that we show all of her life and, and why she is the way she is and why she passes down all these values to, to George because it's yeah. not just, like, you know, like, explaining exactly why her father's history matters to her son is so much better than, like, um, him being like, ah, oh, unit you know, whatever dad's like a African guy that we don't talk about. And he's been far away now. And that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like grounding them in their history, which is really great. Yeah. Um, and ultimately I just, I'm happy that she got to do the roots thing. She got to hold her kid up to the side cause she didn't get to do that in the original. And I was like, thank you for doing that. Yeah. A- everyone gets to do it in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're all framed a little bit differently, which I like
1: mm-hmm. now,
0: this is where I think Roots starts to like get kind of comfortable with its characters and its drama. Uh, I think you know, in the story of Chicken George, getting more Mingo is fantastic because he almost felt like a a C tier character in the original. Mm-hmm. Um, getting to watch him talk to George, explain why you need to be good at fighting, um, why he he too understands his position in life and how how sad he is because of this of his lot in life.
1: Um, And I think it adds some weight to um, like I I felt a lot more tense about George uh, becoming a part of the whole cockfighting thing in this version than I did in the original, because in the original we kind of join already in progress. Chicken George is like this great cockfighter trainer guy and he's he's, you know, charismatic and he's got his cool hat and all this stuff. And in this version, you see him as a kid taken from his mom to this event where he's like, oh, my God, this is where I belong. I, I'm so intoxicated by like the the masculinity of this thing to the point that he fucks over Mingo yeah. actively, uh, which is not a choice that he made on purpose in the original Roots. Uh, it was just sort of like Tom was like, oh, you're actually better than this. But in this, he's like, no, I've been training a different rooster behind Mingo's back. Uh, to fight with. Uh, So, yeah, I think that that, like, it makes George shittier, which also makes his redemption, I think, more powerful as a result.
0: Yeah, and it it helps that uh, Roger Jean Page, the actor who plays George, is A, extremely hot, uh, and B, like, (laughs) I have to say it, I'm sorry, guys, I just, he's he's a gorgeous, gorgeous man. Uh, He, like, is we get the right age period of time for him. Like we yeah. focus on him as a young yeah. teenager, as a mid 20 something, figuring things out. We don't yeah. just jump to like the actor playing chicken George being like, and now I'm like a wholesome fun dad. And it's like, no, that like he grew into that and experienced a lot of hardship yeah. to get there.
1: Uh, yeah, it definitely. I mean, across the board, I think they cast younger than in the original. Yep. Um, yep. But I think for George, especially it's, it's the right choice because in the original, uh he definitely felt cast to look like you're saying like the dad age George or like the old man age George. Right. So in this version, when you see George as like an old dad when he comes back from England after 20 <laughs> years, you're like, he doesn't look that yeah,
0: old. The the aging thing, that's uh, one of the other my other negatives of this is like they still haven't they like aging makeup has gone much, much better than it did in the seventies, especially because Roots had like a pretty low budget. Uh um, it's still not perfect they do their best and i'd rather this than like replacing the actor obviously cuz then it's like who is that again like you just lose yeah. track
1: of them and i think it's better ultimately like if the choice is either either young george old looks guy aged old down or young museum. guy aged up yeah right i'd rather young guy aged up cuz that fits for george yes. better
0: yes he's a young looking guy also he's like fresh faced and very uh energetic and effusive um but you know, I don't have as many as many notes on this one. Speaking of like adding violence where I didn't think we needed it, I did not want to see this many cockfights. There's like four.
1: Yeah, cockfights. the whole time I was just like, how, "How are these like CGI roosters? How did you do this without hurting animals?" Yeah,
0: you get in big trouble if you do stuff like that. Um, it's yeah, it's just a lot of like that stuff. And then so Tom Lee kind of becomes a, a central antagonist of episodes three and four. Um, I think, uh, this guy plays him pretty well as like just despicable. Um, yeah,
1: I think this is another role that's much better that they cast him younger. Yes. Cause as well.
0: it makes less sense that, that like 17 year old George is like this 40 year old, like shitty white farmer is my best friend. And it's like, no, he's what? Why? Whereas if they're like <laughs> 10 year, five or 10 years apart, you're like, okay, I, I see the friendship kind of in your mind forming, yeah. um, yeah. He gets into a duel with a guy because his whole plot line in this is about how he wants money because he's poor and Irish and people are racist also against the Irish. And so mm-hmm. that he tries, he feels this equivalency of like, yeah, all these enslaved people are mine and like, I'm put upon too. I deserve to be rich because everyone makes fun of me and they're terrible to me. He fights a duel mm-hmm. and uh, George is very invested in this because he gets offered to be his second and also if, if Tom dies... Uh, He's gonna be, uh, you know, sold to someone else. His whole family is. They do this duel scene, which again, so violent, so unnecessarily. Yeah, this just...
1: this felt pretty gratuitously violent. Get, yeah.
0: Got, the other guy gets his mouth shot off, and you're like, "That's great." And then they fight with sabers, which uh, I didn't know was actually a thing. Like, if they don't, if nobody dies to the gunshots, then they switch to swords. Which yeah,
1: I didn't know the taking turns thing was a thing either. I only,
0: I did you also only know how duels work from Hamilton? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, basically, I mean, there's, I mean, there's sure, many yeah. years difference. I'm sure the rules changed, or mm-hmm. one of these is less accurate. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, we get the Nat Turner stuff very briefly. I um, I I was kind of like surprised. I forgot that that was gonna come, where everyone is like afraid of Nat Turner's rebellion. Um, but also things that I wasn't, su- I was happy, happily surprised by. Uh, in this, Chicken George knows that he's uh Tom's son. He like, yeah. He
1: figures it out himself.
0: Yeah, he figures it out very quickly. It's not yeah. framed as like what? Oh my god, I'm gonna kill him. It's like no, I've known for a very long time. Actually, by the time his mom like gets ready to tell him, he's like, I've known. Don't like, I've known for so long.
1: <laughs> yeah, because he figures it. I mean, he may have had some suspicions, but he basically figures it out after the duel where Tom's in bed and he's like, "Uh, I raised you well. Like you, re- you think just like me. She should thank me." Yeah, and then from that m- moment, George is like, "Oh, oh, okay.
0: oh!" Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, it's funny though that because in episode four, when Tom Lee comes back after all this stuff, he's the only person who gets the aging makeup like really good. Where he goes from yeah. thirty years old to eleven thousand <laughs> years old. <laughs> he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's you know what being an awful person and committing mortal sins every minute of your life does to you. It ages you real bad, mm-hmm.
1: right? Um. Yeah, something else just related to Tom Lee that I think was better, better handled also is uh, episode three opens on uh, Tom again uh, in bed with Kizzy after having raped her. Yeah. And because the original roots basically says Tom Lee or Tom Harvey in that, or whatever his name was, Tom something, um, uh, does that to Kizzy when she first is purchased, uh, when he first purchases her, right? Mm -hmm. And then it's like, then that one guy wants to marry her and uh, he's about to sell Kizzy to the other plantation owner and then he comes into her cabin for a second time mm-hmm. is how the original portrays it. But in this, it's like, no, this is something that he's doing all the time. To the point so, where
0: later in her life, like she's talking to him and fighting with him and stops him from doing it. She pulls a knife on him and then they have their conversation. And then she like lifts her skirt up and is like, all right, take get it. Take care of it. Like finish quick. Yeah.
1: Cause that's, that scene in particular made me real, think like I need to do a lot more reading to fully appreciate what's going on in that scene um because basically he in in this version instead of the guy courting kizzy being someone who's enslaved on a different plantation it's a man who is free uh and so he is he has the money uh to buy to purchase kizzy's freedom He basically says he's going to do it for $2,000 and then the night before he's going to do that, Kizzy's in the kitchen and Tom Lee shows up and he's like, you know, I never did anything to you. How could you leave your family? And then the thing that she draws a knife on him for is that is not to protect her own body from him. It's to say to him, if you touch my I'm staying to protect my family if you touch my grandchildren, I will kill you.
0: Yeah. I've always been able to kill you.
1: Right. Um, I have chosen not to, again, to protect my family. Uh, So, let's just be clear about, like, who has the power in this situation. So that scene, I was like, holy shit, this is, I'm, like, I'm not prepared to talk about all the the nuances here, but, it's so layered and says a lot about like who Kizzy is and the power that she holds and the decisions that she's making and the compromises that she's making for the sake of survival and for the sake of her her family.
0: Yeah. I mean since since the moment on the boat, they made it very clear in this remake that there are more uh black folks on this boat or on this plantation than there are white folks we could take them if we really wanted to we could always take them we are stronger and we are more numerous why do they get to win it's because of society like the original roots like implies that and we understand that and people come to realize that but as it's like no no no. literally tomorrow she could just do it she's she's choosing not to out of out of safety for her family and for their lot in life um and i'm sure more of them would die eventually but Uh we could they could just win they could just it's it's a it's a really yeah like you said it's a really nuanced thing that is uh hard to like pull apart um yeah and from our like 2020 perspective but yeah um i i really liked all of that stuff and again kizzy like even as into episode three continues to be great um but you know we eventually hit episode four and uh i think it's Three that ends with you know all, you know george loses a bunch of his money gets sold into england this is a historical inaccuracy that they maintained in this version i guess uh which is that slavery was abolished by the time george was brought to england mm-hmm. um so it wouldn't necessarily make sense for somebody to be keeping him as a slave over there but uh makes narrative yeah, I, sense at least. i
1: guess maybe the implication is like he's not technically enslaved it's more that he's like working uh, but maybe yeah that yeah, they it's the, the sort of uh, like indentured servitude or something it's a it's a narrative convenience yeah yes
0: um and he gets more narration from from lawrence Fishburne, which kind of adds this like a sense of adventure to to, to george's story um because uh-huh. he gets older and he comes back to the lee plantation and like has this awesome very like hbo p- period drama moment where he comes into tom lee's house and the guy's just this decrepit like melting he's got <laughs> long disgusting hair and he's uh-huh. like I don't even remember you and George is like ready to shoot him but doesn't uh and it's like you ruined my life and you lied about everything you deserve you know you know sit in the coffin that you made for yourself uh and we get we he meets Tom who's pretty good um doesn't really get a lot of time for characterization because the story still is focusing on George a lot even in episode four um but I like that, you know, they imply that George actually had a lot of kids. Um, One of the ones, the one who is Tom's brother in the original Lewis is, was said that he was sold off at this point. He's one of the kids that they're like, Oh, he got sold off. We couldn't afford to keep everyone, which I think is a cool, it's a, that's one of the things, that's one of the reasons why the Tom stuff doesn't get a lot of focus in this is it's Mm -hmm. like, well, who is he going to like bounce his ideas off of? You know, it's going to be his dad and his mom basically and his wife. Mm -hmm. Uh. But what I did like about Tom here is, uh, you know, he's he's helping uh, make weapons for the Civil War. Like I think he's he's making Confederate weapons. He's working on cannons and stuff. Yes, yeah. I like that. I like that again. Another ding for unnecessary violence: the cannon exploding, and they're like, "Oh, this is a dangerous war that we're entering into." (laughs) Um, People uh, are hanging out with each other. I like that. Irene is part Cherokee. That was a nice little touch there. Uh mm-hmm. it's like okay once again uh native american people did exist and um were also often enslaved uh then here's where i'm like okay roots maybe it's time to wrap it up uh <laughs> when he is around his adventures chicken george meets a man named cyrus who was played by rapper ti and uh-huh. this is the one moment where i felt like they were doing stunt casting like sure. the original roots yeah because he wasn't in the original He's super not in the book uh and he doesn't do anything useful in this and yet he gets to be in the final montage of like here's all my friends and family. Yeah. <laughs> and he's playing it like very com- like very silly uh th- this this episode 4 features two big diversions. One is the character of Cyrus who just is there to like be with uh with George during the war. The other mm-hmm. one, which I did actually think was badass, was Anna Paquin uh, plays Nancy Holt, uh, who we find out throughout this episode um, is a Pinkerton. <laughs> it's one of the Pinkertons. Mm-hmm. And she's trying to con- to convince George to join the Union, or, or to get to join the Union and like go to the North and try to get Tom there as well.
1: Uh, eventually, uh, Tom finds she's out... A, she's a spy for the North. Yes. Yeah, just to be clear about what a Pinkerton is. Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, but ta- she's, oh. she's the wife of... The uh, plantation owner, yeah, not, of, um, of uh, what's his face Murray or whatever his name is.
0: Hank, uh, I, Mister
1: something. The real, the other really racist guy. Yeah, <laughs> she's
0: great. I don't know why they did this. I thought it was cool though.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it's uh, it's the same sort of thing as Ti's character, where Anna Paquin also feels a little stunt-casty, because yep. like you've definitely seen her and stuff before. Yep. Um, and. It it feels like the reason they have to do this is because think about what they're cutting from original roots. They're cutting old George completely. Mm-hmm. Like he's gone. Uh, so there's no more like, hey, it's our white friend who's hanging out with us in our house or whatever. Uh, yeah, yep, yep. Which they, better off, honestly. Yeah, they're substantially changing Tom's character to be more... Uh, I don't know. He's more like hot-headed. I think um, he's just different than the original Tom, and the, the less time is given to him. Yeah. And so then it's like, well, we got to fill this episode. What are some cool things that happened during the Civil War
0: that that the original didn't touch on at all?
1: Yeah, and uh, and I think it works better in Anna Paquin's case than in than in the Ti characters' case. But both of them do feel like, oh, OK, we're just going to not this isn't about Kunta Kinte's family for a little bit. It's just sort of about like other cool stuff that's fine
0: I yeah so. fine sure also so she her and uh she has a uh one a, an enslaved president for herself named jerusalem another bit of stunt casting just for me and people who watched eight mile when they were kids that's makai pfeiffer um who's <laughs> just in this movie <laughs> when she's hanged along with jerusalem it looks like Well, in, J-
1: in jerusalem it was also a spy was also right? a spy sorry yeah they, they yeah that's they're, yeah, they're like framing
0: a... device is like this is my slave but he's... yeah
1: that's their cover yeah
0: um, her hanging looked really bad. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it looked like the. I'm sorry, this is like a weird thing to criticize, but the effect looked like they had Anna Paquin spin around, and like we'll just add the rope. It's weird. I don't want. We don't need to get into it, but I just saw that. And I was yeah. like, this show. It like its effects are pretty good. The blood looks a little bad
1: sometimes. Like it's too bright and neon. Also, does feel fucked up that the hanging that they linger on the most is the hanging of a white woman. Yep. Um, There are many, many times in roots 2016 where you see an African American person hanging from a tree um, in a way that could be a a part of what you're saying about like, is this trauma porn basically? Right. Um, But also that was, genuinely something that was done to that that white people did to intimidate enslaved people and scare them from running away or resisting or whatever so you know it just but it does feel strange that you see like over the course of the show a dozen different african-american people hanged but the one hanging where it's like let's watch this person die uh and see all these people watching it at once is, is this white lady. And it's yeah. like, what? White people too?
0: Even the spies? Come on. Yeah. Yeah, it's like there's even heads on pikes. Like the violence in the show sometimes works because it's like, yeah, you need to, they're they are intimidating the, the enslaved and they are uh, making a point. And it's like, it mm-hmm. almost falls into the background for so much of the series because this is a country soaked in its own blood, right? But mm-hmm. here it's like, this is the moment she got caught oh no and she like shoots the rope or shoots uh jerusalem so that he doesn't suffer and then yeah. is is hanged herself it's a lot um and then george cuts cyrus's arm off for no particular reason like it's because his arm is like infected but like when it, in terms of like mm-hmm. why did we include this i don't really know other than the war is fucked up
1: i, I actually think that that scene serves a purpose um to speak to what's different about original roots versus this roots um because when like when this seed happened I, I started writing out this idea which is if we think about this notion of perspective and like ultimately from what perspective is the story told mm-hmm. um in original roots all of the the african words and the stories it feels very perfunctory at times the way that characters like recite them to each other Uh, And they're like, remember the, you know, Camby Belongo? Remember the African with half a foot? And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, I remember. Um, And you basically see all these characters hand off these details generation by generation out of this sense of duty of like, got to make sure that we maintain the stories that Alex Haley can hear them one day. Um, So it sometimes feels like the way the story is being told, the purpose of doing that is just so that those ideas make it to the present, which is part of the purpose. Mm-hmm. But the other part of the purpose, and I think something that this this version does really well, is like holding on to those things keeps you alive, mm-hmm. right? And so in this scene, uh, Cyrus needs to get his arm chopped off because he, whatever, has gangrene or whatever the hell's going on, and. When they're talking about it, um, George comforts him by telling him stories about Kunta Kinte. And then Cyrus is like, hey, you know, my mom actually used to have this prayer uh, that she would pray for me. And I, I want to do that right now. And it's in the middle of him reciting his mother's prayer that his arm is chopped off mm-hmm. to basically say, like, holding on to what was passed down to him is what gives him the strength to suffer through and survive through this incredibly painful experience. Um, So that to me, actually that even though that scene was like a kind of, it feels weird because you're like, who is this guy? Um, It's a part, I think of this larger theme that holding on to the stories and the words of your ancestors is not just for the next generation to have them. It's also for you and it, it can save you in certain ways. Exactly. Yeah. And that like uh, I
0: uh, like when uh Tom is being when, when when George is naming Tom and he's like yeah I'll name him I'll name him after you uh Master Lee. Like that's fine with me and th- and then it's a big deal that Kizzy is like yeah no. Yeah, your right. name meant something like Kuntakinte uh, took uh whips repeatedly just to keep his name. Like you need to that preserve that or else they take everything from us.
1: Yeah, and that's like not in the original, I don't uh-huh. think, her her objection. And that's such an important objection. It also makes you think about George is named after Tom's dad, I think. I think so. Um and in a way Kizzy is also like really upset with herself in the way that things played out with her son where like he was taken from her the instant that he was born, named immediately without her input uh and now to see her son willingly be like yeah sure whatever um to her it's like you don't understand how hard my father fought for this thing how devastating it was to me when this was taken from me i almost killed myself and you like take this more seriously yeah um that was a really, really cool moment that just wasn't in the original, but uh obviously you know it makes sense that she would feel that way. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Oh man. Roots, baby. <laughs> you can just sit in it for a sec. Um yeah, yeah I, I uh I wanna talk more about uh, about George and the Civil War uh or Civil War stuff. Uh we talked about how it's pretty violent and we talked about him cutting Cyrus's arm off and how important that stuff is. Um mm-hmm. there's a moment where they're being chased by bushwhackers um which can are you explain what that is exactly cuz i was a little unclear I actually don't know yeah. um I think it I was like even though you up. guys like won the war we still like chased down extra legally chased down
1: uh yeah that's what it seemed like um bushwhacking was a form of guerrilla warfare uh da-da-da-da-da. so yeah, it seems like it's basically former confederates taking it upon themselves yeah. to attack African American people as a as like a form of retaliation.
0: Makes sense. It's awful yeah. but makes sense. Yeah. Um and yeah, since we don't have old George and we don't have this like brilliant heist of of uh the final episode of Roots, um instead, once they get back, it's really silly that Cyrus gets back to the farm and he's like, "I have one question for you guys." Who is Kunta (laughs) I just thought that was
1: really silly. Yeah, I mean, his whole character is just like feels kind of extreme. Extreme, yeah.
0: But, um, you know, eventually George comes back and he's like, I wanted you to work a hard couple of days there while I got fucked around. Um, And the other son, whose name I, I think Frederick is his name. Is like I don't care that you guys are free. My dad says you guys can be sharecropping. Like he basically like interrupts the original sharecropping scene from Seventy Seven Roots to be like, no, mm-hmm. I want to do slavery still. And then they're like, no, that's terrible. And he's like, I have a gun. And then Chicken George is like, I have a gun. <laughs> and chases him in the mm-hmm. fucking face and he dies. <laughs> Delicious. You love to see it. This is yeah. this is different than like the joy of we tied a white man to a tree and like reveled in his suffering for a brief minute and then let him like kind of escape eventually on his own while we go go to a different town yeah yeah in this it's like no like sometimes revenge uh is is earned like this is a self-defense sort of moment
1: um yeah it's not nearly as sort of goofy and fantastical as the end of the original roots which is something i think we had serious problems yeah
0: absolutely yeah um and then roots zooms out a little bit uh actually tom tom does the roots thing for his kid um, and he's like, is this how you do it? Is this the right time? And they're like, isn't as many stars in the evening? I like that a lot. That he's like, it's not, mm-hmm. I got the wrong night. Should we do it again later? And they're like, just fucking hold your baby up. <laughs> do the roots thing. Uh, we cut to Lawrence Fishburne as Alex Haley in a really beautiful set that I would love to write in someday with like a nice yeah. typewriter. It's a nice room. A gorgeous room. And he's talking about legacy and how history is stories. And just before the series ends... Uh Kunta Kinte puts his arm on Alex Haley's shoulder and then Kizzy well, uh, does it. What? It
1: It wasn't Quinte, it was um it was Tom. Well, the order of operations is, it's but they go do they go backwards order? They go back. They go backwards, yeah.
0: But yeah, they all of the different me- main members of the cast like approach Haley as ghosts and are like great job. Thank you for do. Like they don't say anything, but it's just like, "Oh, thank you for writing the, our story." Mm-hmm. It's really silly that they like put a bunch of ghosts in Alex Haley's room to be yeah. like
1: things. This was the silliest stuff. It's sort of the culmination of like a, a thread that I thought was silly throughout the whole thing that I didn't think was going to amount to anything, which was like Kuntakinte seeing visions of his parents yep. um as sort of like floating in front of him and stuff. I just thought that it I don't know that was the most that it looked like, okay, this is the history channel, which is sort of like a network that doesn't normally have the budget for big original things like this Mm -hmm. kind of stretching beyond their means and doing something dorky. Um, And then, yeah, this ending is like, come on. (laughs) I I get it. I got it. I watched it. You guys, I understood it. I get that you're using famous photos and you're putting these characters in front of it. Like, look, there's real people in the photos. Mm -hmm. I'm, I I'm with it, but also it, It just didn't do it for me. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, I, that's exactly how I felt. It's just like you had it, you were very, you were pretty subtle about all of it, and then you just kind of whiffed the ending a little bit. I read one review of this series before finishing it that was like, it's really great and like reset contextualizes roots, roots in a smart way. Not a big fan of the ending, though, but nobody's watched it yet because I got an early screener and I can't talk about it. And I was like, what do they <laughs> mean, the ending? Like, what? <laughs> and I saw it and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, fuck. Like, I knew this was kind of, knew something, something stupid was coming.
1: I see, yeah.
0: But, um, I mean, hey, Lawrence Fishburne would make a really good Alex Haley. He's got the right, like, build. That was and, great casting. I thought he was great, mm-hmm. yeah. And his voice is fantastic, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's, um, that's Route 16. Roots 2016. Mm-hmm. It's a great miniseries a great version of a classic uh that's important to the history of television i'm surprised more people didn't talk about it when it came out um you know i was online in 2016 uh i didn't hear a single person i didn't know about this existing until we started covering roots so yeah maybe because it was a history channel maybe it didn't get a lot of press who's to say
1: yeah and i think it's um you know, it, maybe it works the opposite way nowadays where when the original Roots aired and you only have so many networks uh, and it's like, oh, let's air it on consecutive consecutive nights and make an event of it. I feel like nowadays, if you do that, then it's like a blink and you miss it kind of moment where if it's only on TV for four nights, you're not going to generate uh, a lot of buzz in that time. And then, yeah, History Channel. Like, who's watching the History is, Channel? Exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. But shout-outs to, shout to Hulu, I guess, for providing it today. Um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm glad I watched it. I think, again, like, if you are going to show Roots, this is as, as my sort of concluding point about Roots, the, the franchise. Uh, what is your watch order uh, for kids, for people who are watching it for the first time?
1: Well, I think it's a matter of, like... What's your goal? How how much you want to watch. Uh, Yeah. So I would sort of say like, if you want to experience roots, uh, it's sort of like, I would say just watch the first episode of 2016. Mm -hmm. If you're like, what's the tightest, smallest package of roots to kind of get what it is. Uh, Then the next thing I would say is like, watch... All of 2016, and then the next thing I would say f- is, if you want to commit to it, really you should watch 77 first, and then watch 2016 to get what they're doing. And also, I think that, like we were saying, Route 77 purposefully like explains some historical context that's not explained in 2016, um, and the broader perspective. I think is problematic in the sense that it like gives a lot of time to white people. Yes. But it also shows you um, the ways that white people justified slavery through religion or through pseudoscience uh, the ways in which white supremacy was enshrined both in legal and extra legal means uh, and those sort of like historical themes and concepts that we talked about a lot in our, in our coverage of 77, It's not here in Roots 2016 because Roots 2016 is this much more characterful story about family and about survival uh, and about trauma and, you know, and uh, resilience and and those things. So I would say there's still merit to watching 77, but I wouldn't recommend watching 77 alone.
0: Yeah. Now, there's a there's one there's a version that handles almost everything in there much better. Um, I think the way that I've been able to reconcile it is route 77 is a one hundred one college course where you're like, Oh, uh, the civil war worked like this, like, Oh, there was this and that. And route 16 is a two Oh one of the same, or like a higher level of the same course. Yeah. It's like, you're getting this again, but we assume, you know, the basics of it. And now we're giving you the like more interesting, more realistic portrayal, Mm -hmm. like a middle school class into a college class, even something like that. Um, and then if you are like, this is my major, I want to I want to take this on, that's when you watch Next Generations and you're like, okay, where does this go from here? I want to see young Alex mm. Haley get a mouthful of sugar and drop it on the floor.
1: <laughs> <laughs> do you think it, where would you put, so let's say do a watch order of everything that we watched. Would you recommend that people watch 2016 after everything that we saw in between Roots and Roots of the Next Generation or like... What do you think? I think you do 77, then you do 16, and then
0: if you like it, you do TNGs. Interesting. Cuz I know most people are like I don't want to go from the nice looking thing to the bad looking thing, but like you are fine. You'll be fine. Roots of the next yeah. generation doesn't look that bad. It's just a little dated. Like if you find a nice drip of it, you'll be you'll get over it. It's really yeah. well written and covers a lot of important history. Um uh-huh. and I appreciate it for existing even though it's still is like a little bit messy and like simple in ways that n 16 yeah. is not. Yeah. So they're all they're all kind of worth watching. That's why we watched all of them. Um, yeah. You know, ultimately, if you if Agreed. you're just like I'm following along, watch them in this order, which is 77 Roots, Next Generation, and then 16. Fuck it.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, but that's Roots. Um, I don't think there's much left for us to cover unless we want to crack open a copy of the book and like really dig into what's different but
1: I I wish I had read it just to understand which version was closer I would assume 77 is closer to the book but I'm curious about that but at this point we're we're not going to do that The little bits that I've read
0: were uh, kind of saying that yeah 77 is closer but 16 gets the names right like they changed like a lot of the slave owners' last names and they're more accurate to the look but uh, uh there's even stuff that isn't in either of them so Ultimately, yeah. If you want like true accurate, but also then like what's true accuracy. Cause is the book mm-hmm. true accuracy? Cause that's not historical right. either. Right. So it's right. just pick, pick whatever you're comfortable with doing and, and, and dive into it. Oh man. Yeah. But that, um, is going to do it for roots chats, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we thank you for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this exhaustive coverage of, of roots and all of its associated media, uh, visually, at least the visual media. Um, we are going to be moving on, though. Uh, so next week uh, on Chats, we are starting. Uh, we're not taking our usual break uh, unless you feel like we need to, Magellan. Do you think we need to give him a couple months off? No. <laughs> a couple months. <laughs> what? Huh? No, let's just let's just <laughs> roll right into it. We're having no, fun with no, miniseries. No. We got one more. I think we got yeah, one more full gonna, miniseries.
1: Yeah, we're going to round out our season eight, our summer of miniseries. Uh, summer school, if you want to say. Uh, it's actually back to school season almost. So, yeah, anyway, uh, with a third historical sort of mini series, uh, and this time we're going to be spending a lot more time in the 1700s and early 1800s specifically with the HBO series John Adams.
0: If there's theme music, that's where it went. If yeah, there isn't. There is theme music, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if there isn't, sorry. Hi, guys. We're back. Um, it's seven episodes. It stars Paul Giamatti. Mm-hmm. It aired yep. in 2008. And it also has Laura Linney as, as Abigail Adams. We mm-hmm. watched the first episode over on our Patreon for pilot chats, and we liked it a whole yep. lot. Um, it's going to be a different view of history. We're going to be talking about American history from a more uh, a white perspective, a presidential perspective, talking about... What were the uh, sort of intellectual white elite like in the United States in this in this period of time? Um, always a useful cultural lens to, to to shift things up a little bit. So, uh, which ones are we watching next week, Michonne?
1: We are. By the way, if you want to listen, go back and listen to our piloting of John Adams. It was in pilot chats twenty two where we did both Roots and John Adams. So, mm-hmm. we're gonna we'll talk about the first episode again, but we're gonna try to make an effort not to. Rehash all that. Repeat ourselves 100%. -hmm. Um, Yeah. First off, join or die. Boston, 1770. In the aftermath of the Boston Massacre, John Adams takes an unpopular stand by defending the accused soldiers. Counseled by his beloved wife, Abigail, Adams wins the case. Later, Adams is invited to join the newly created Continental Congress and says an emotional goodbye to his family before heading to Philadelphia and an uncertain future. Meow. Then, episode two, Independence. Adams reports back to Philadelphia and throws down the gauntlet for independence. As more violence rages in and around Boston, Adams nominates George Washington to lead the newly created Continental Army. Adams seconds a resolution for independence and persuades Thomas Jefferson to draft a declaration. Oh. So, yeah, those are the descriptions from HBO Max. That's probably where we're going to watch it but i believe it was also on amazon prime maybe i can check that for you other places but i know for sure it's on hbo if people want to check it out it's not tv it's hbo
0: yeah hbo hbo (laughs) hbo uh it is not on um amazon prime in the u.s at least okay I believe the DVDs are pretty cheap. DVDs are pretty cheap on this one if people want to just watch along with it. It's good. I promise you it's good. Um, At least the first episode. I can't promise anything beyond that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Let's take it to the plug zone, Magellan, shall we? Let's do it. Cool. Um, Can you do this one because I did it last week?
1: Sure. So if you'd like to get in touch with the show, there are a couple options for doing that. Whatever is best for you. Uh, First off, if you would like, you can get in touch with us via email to... Share your thoughts on individual episodes if you'd like to have them read on the show, uh, but you can also just send us uh, you know, whatever you feel like uh, at our email address, chatspod at gmail.com. If you'd like to get us on social media, we are on Twitter, twitter.com slash chatspod, where you can follow us and uh, make sure that you're up to date on what's going on with the show. You can also DM us there uh, at chatspod. And uh, if you would like to join in with a community of other listeners who are listening along both to current episodes and to throwback episodes from our very first season where we covered Farscape, you can do so over at reddit.com slash r slash chatspod. Chatspod in all of those cases is spelled C-H-A-T-Z-P-O-D. If you'd like to support the show... Uh, you can do so over at our Patreon, patreon.com slash chatspod, and you can support the show at a number of different levels. At $1 a month, that's you showing your gratitude, and we greatly appreciate that. And uh, as of now, you'll get access to some commentaries from way back, as well as currently my uh, solo watch-through of the X-Files called the Chats Files, and any future things that we feel like putting out for just a dollar. Uh, at $3 a month, you get access to the three new pieces of bonus content that we do every month, as well as most of our backlog of bonus content. And then at $5 a month, you get our eternal gratitude, which you also get to the other levels, but it's like a little more gratitude. Um, And you get access to the full backlog. And who knows if we're going to do something special for $5 people in the future, it's always a possibility uh, that that could be the case. Uh, In terms of... Content that has happened this month. This is coming out at the very end of August. So, yesterday we put out a surprise bonus Chats Nights episode with our best friend Jim, where we just talked about like what it's like what friendship is and means. And then we quizzed each other on how well we know each other, which was a delight. um And prior to that, earlier in the month, we did a pilot chats on Blackadder and uh, Lovesick, as well as a bunch of did we do other bunch of other pilot chats? Was that what this month was? Right. Who who, who could say, Majon? I, I I think I think it is Fringe and Lost and the Adult Swim episodes. Yes, Lost. And uh, yeah. All of that was August, and then there's a poll currently up on the Patreon to vote for what we could be doing in September. There's some fun options there, so you know, go support the show, check it out, let us know what you want to hear, and uh, we think that we put in. We put in as much effort in the bonus stuff as we do with the main feed stuff, so I think when it comes to podcasts, it's a pretty good deal. Uh, Of course, if you believe that your money is better spent elsewhere, which we agree (laughs) it is, uh, perhaps by putting it towards causes that further social justice, racial justice, um, then please by all means support those causes and then just let us know that you've done that in some way. uh, And we'll we will give you access to our bonus content uh for doing that uh because we think that that's an important thing to do so uh take us up on that if if you would like that's uh something we've been saying at the end of every roots episode it's going to continue to be true beyond roots chats but um you know this is I'm just saying it again so that people know uh but yeah so that is that is that for the plugs and then we always like to put in our recommendations of something that maybe you could listen to or watch or play or do between now and next week. And that's our Chatsums, our little snackeroonies, our little munch munchies, if you get the munchies. So, Alan, what is your Chatsum for next week? <sighs> Sorry, I was completely asleep for the last 15 fucking
0: minutes. My jaw hurts. <laughs> <laughs> have such a smooth voice and now i just i'm i I rested i got a good rest but i'm back um i'm back and i'm here to talk about an indie game that i was recommended this week uh for the iphone it's called if found um it's like if found ellipsis and Hmm. uh it's a very uh short sweet uh nice indie game basically it's a narrative story about uh a young trans woman living in ireland in 1993 um her struggles with her identity, her family, uh, her friends, and sort of this classic story that you hear in trans narratives about, uh, found family and this idea that the family that you're born with is not necessarily the family that you spend your life with. Um, her growing up in, in Ireland, which was, and is a pretty like rigidly Christian has a lot of rigidly Christian areas. Um, and the difficulties therein, it's kind of the framing of it is really cool. Like each chapter is, uh, there's like a broader narrative device that I'm not going to spoil for like why you're looking at it. But then it's zoomed in as like, here's her journal that she keeps every, you know, every night. And it's like, here's what happened in my journal. And then we zoom in on each part of the journal and her little drawings and like they become scenes and it's really gorgeous. It is also a pretty useful, like history of Ireland in the nineties. Cause whenever they mention like terminology uh, or characters say things to each other that like an English speaking audience, wouldn't understand they like translate the gaelic for you and like have little hmm. citations that are like here's what that word means and how it's used and how it's pronounced so both as a story historical uh device and also just a really nice uh narrative um about trans family and uh and that struggle uh you should check it out it's worth it it's, it's like two dollars or something it's called if found hmm. what about you magellan
1: uh, I have two Chatsums for this week. The first is for a book that has gotten a lot of buzz um, as of late, and I just want to sort of give my support for it. I um, in a professional development session or prior to a prof- professional development session earlier this week. Um, we were asked the teachers at my school to read a chapter from Ibram X. Kendi's book, How to Be an Anti-Racist. And it's a book that I've had for for a bit and haven't um, read yet, but the chapter that I read was, uh, it really opened my brain up quite a bit just to like, essentially, the chapter that we had to read was a chapter where he defines the word activist. Mm-hmm. And what he says is like, an activist is somebody who has a record of making change happen. Oh, and so he's like, if you uh, like march in these protests or you make a sign or you whatever you like say certain things or you act a certain way or whatever, that's all well and good. But if you do not have a record of pushing for and making happen, like changes in policy or actual meaningful change in people's lives, like lived change, then you can't call yourself an activist. As a way of sort of challenging people to um, call themselves to action in a way that, you know, we might become complacent with with um, other forms of action. That that uh... He also draws this distinction between, like, there's a difference between demonstrating and protesting. Um, so that chapter alone was, like, really eye-opening for me. And I would imagine that the rest of the book is as well, so I'd recommend it just on that, the merit of that chapter alone. And then um, that's How to Be an Anti-Racist by Ibram X. Kendi. The other recommendation that I have is something that I was thinking of because uh, it's something that I use to start every school year, and it actually relates to the historical content of one of the Roots 2016 episodes, which is that battle of Fort pillow that we were talking about where Confederate soldiers refused the surrender of African-American union soldiers and slaughtered them. Um, the Fort pillow massacre is what it's called. Um, those Confederate forces were led by a man named Nathan Bedford Forrest, Um, I believe, uh, who also became involved in the Ku Klux Klan, I think was like a grand wizard of the Ku Klux Klan or something following the civil war. Um, I might be mixing people who have similar names but I'm pretty sure that's the case. And uh there's this episode of the history podcast The Memory Palace called Notes on an Imagined Plaque where the narrator of the podcast essentially invites you to imagine uh he describes this monument that that was built to Nathan Bedford Forrest and then he invites you to imagine an alternative to what the space could look like if that statue was removed and if that space was like given to the community and used as communal space and instead there was like a note on a plaque that sort of explained that the statue was once there and like what it actually means and signifies mm. um and it's just this really beautiful meditation on. Public history and on memory and um, topics that were pretty urgent when I started to use it in my class uh, in the summer of 2017 after Charlottesville, and then again are newly urgent um, with the context of monuments being taken down or being debated over again in the summer of 2020. So I think notes on an imagined plaque is a really great episode of the memory palace that is always sort of like a anchor for me when i'm starting the school year and thinking about like you know what are my goals what am i trying to what stories do i want me and my students to learn and to tell this year
0: oh interesting so i i was not familiar i think you probably mentioned memory palace to me before it sounds vaguely familiar but uh that episode was also rebroadcast on 99 Percent invisible in 2017 mm-hmm. yeah so i didn't i was like i always I was kind of associated that when i've heard about it with that podcast but i didn't know it's from memory palace mm-hmm. i'll check that out sure it's a, it's a short yeah. one too it's, it's a baby pod it's like 15 minutes or something
1: huh. at most
0: i love it man you're teaching you're teaching the kids both in your in your classroom and to, on the pod hope so trying yeah. always trying right Mm -hmm. Um, But that, dear listener, is going to do it um, for Roots Chats. uh, And that's going to do it this week for Chats. So come back next week as we discuss John Adams, uh, episodes one and two. Thank you to Magellan, as always, for being the rock to my hard place. And thank you, dear listener, for listening to this episode of Roots Chats. Peace.